2: back. What is going on, buddy, and welcome to the Tuesday edition of the Stochastic NHL Strategy Show, sponsored by Prize Picks. I am your host, Josh. Make sure to smash that like button, hit that notification button on the way in. We have a monster slate tonight. Uh, Biggest slate of the year usually is the day before NBA All-Star break ends. There is monster GPPs. On both Giraffe Kings and FanDuel, much bigger on Giraffe Kings. Uh, they have 150k to first, 444. They have a 50k to first, 20. So we'll try to break down this nine-gamer for you. Joining us as always, Slim Clippy. How we doing to this morning, this afternoon? I don't know what time it is.
3: <laughs> it's only the afternoon here, same as in New Jersey. Uh, no, doing good. Bright, yeah. sunny day outside. <laughs> um, frustrating night for me last night. Uh, I was talking about it in the Discord. I had a uh, punt D slash goalie swap that I made took out Gibson and Benoit put in Jari and Carlo cost me I think it cost me like 19 DK points I think I would have won the $20 I would have won just a slew of tickets gone about 25x still cash still went nearly 3x which is all right but uh, it's, that's like the third time this season I've made a sw- swap that's really really cost me and it's starting to get a little bit frustrating but um not here to talk about me how'd you do?
2: Those single entry swaps are just so much magnified play one lineup, it sucks. But uh what you know, you always remember the failure. Sometimes you don't even remember making good swaps. Um, so I did okay last night. I think the, the biggest issue for me was um got Seattle. They did okay. I had Backlund and Mangiapani, but the Seattle guys I put in didn't do too much getting shut out by the sharks that hurdle and myers just unforgivable
3: yeah and if i'm not mistaken i mean before the all-star break you and i talked about how hot the seattle offense had been running shooting percentage wise it's probably worth noting that they've been shut out twice since returning from the all-star break now um could be a shooting percentage crash but uh that's in the past today's a new day and we have quite the slate ahead of us including the contest here tonight
2: yeah, Seattle needs to get rid of Marty Jones. Otherwise, they ain't going nowhere. Where you going? Fucking nowhere. With, with well, I, I mean,
3: I mean, you got to be fair to Seattle, too. Like, this, they're only in the second year of existence. Like, this wasn't a team that was even expected to make playoffs this year, right? Like, I, I think if you go look at the preseason models, nobody had them there. I think you and I thought they could get there um, with the additions of George Shannon Burkoski if Veneers played really well, which he has. But, you know, trying to kind of establish them as one of the top teams in the Western Conference right now, when, you know, Colorado's getting about to get Landeskog back maybe in like the next month. Um, Minnesota's starting to play a lot better. Uh, Winnipeg's been up and down. Uh, Edmonton certainly looked good um, most of the time, uh, especially when Jack Campbell's not starting. Um, So like trying to shove these lofty highs onto Seattle might've been a little bit premature, but thankfully they're not on today's slate. Um, but there are a lot of interesting matchups here tonight.
2: Yeah. Let's get into the slate before we do smash that like button, hit that subscribe button, keep up with all of our shows, DFS offers giveaways and much more. We also put our stuff on uh podcast form of the platform of your choice. You can help us out by leaving us a five star review podcast is great if you miss us live you can listen to us while driving in traffic on the way home from work i know uh my soothing voice is just what you want to hear when you're stuck in traffic on a five-lane highway at 6 30 p.m but beggars can't be choosers if you're trying to play nhl dfs in my am in right here all right let's get into this slate
3: um the whole, uh, just right, just real quick before we jump in uh just want to mention as jake harry just mentioned our boss jake harry just mentioned on twitter a lot of the contests on DraftKings are really starting to get close to full. Uh The $20 is like 80% full. The $40 only has like 100 entries left. Um, like a lot of these contests are really starting to fill. So if you haven't gone, at least reserved your entries and you're playing tonight in any of those big contests over on DraftKings, I would go do that right now. Uh Sorry for cutting in. Let's get to this Anaheim game. I want to talk docs.
2: Yeah. Los patos and the back-to-back. That's the Anaheim Ducks with a 2.2 total heading into Tampa. The Lightning have a 4.4 total. Uh, Anthony Stellars is probable, I think. He's in the lineup builder. Someone mentioned me in Discord about the Ducks goalie, but I missed it. Andre Vasilevsky is confirmed. (sighs) Ducks back-to-back on the road. Gibson saw 55 shots last night. Have to imagine whoever the Ducks uh, goaltending is tonight, they're going to see a ton of rubber. Now, there is a lot of ownership on Tampa here, but n- less than I expected. They may come in higher owned, but a um, lot to like on the Tampa side. I don't know <laughs> on a nine game slate if I'm going to get to any Ducks back to back on the road with this tiny total.
3: Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think we're full stacking ducks at the very least, right? Like it's probably something like yesterday where maybe you want to use an Anaheim duck, Uh, you know, maybe, um, you know, Derek Grant's played reasonably well on that top line. He's still only 3,200. Like the thing about Derek Grant is, you know, he's pretty bad defensively, but he's not a bad offensive player. At the very least Grant and Strom on the ice together this year, 3.2 expected goals, four per 60 minutes. That's, well above league average of five on five that's pretty good horrific defensive numbers which you would expect for any Anaheim line uh, but not bad offensively um so like you know if you want to use like a one-off Grant I think you can do that if you want to use a one-off Zegers I think you can do that like if you want to use a one-off you know Mason McTavish I think you can do that I just don't see a lot of reason to stack the entire like an entire Anaheim line like we have I, we have the entire we have Anaheim as a team at 1.2 percent uh, top two stack probability, like like every single player on the roster. So like picking which three out of that might you know end up 0.1 percent of the time in, in in the top two stacks. Like I, I I just you know especially if you're playing a single entry or something like that, you're just not playing Anaheim. On the Tampa side, you know you know you and I were talking quickly before the show. Like, there's a lot to stack on Tampa. It's not just, you know, it's not like it's Colorado. You just go play the top line and then you walk away or something like that, right? Like, Tampa has two playable scoring lines. I say, I think even the third line, like, you can probably mix in some players, like, make a a two-man third-line stack. You can certainly make a power play stack. So there are a lot of different ways to stack Tampa Bay. And I think that's why you're seeing – like somewhat reasonable ownership on them. Like each of the top two lines by our top stacks tool, which I'll bring up here real quick. Um sorry. Um we'll show them right here. This is DraftKings 15.7% for the top line, 16.5% for the second line. Like yeah, that's high, but it's not extreme for a 4.4 total when you're at home. And even if they do come in higher, which I think they will because Just like from a strategy perspective, one thing to note is that when a lot of casual people come in to play NHL from a different sport, um, I think they do what a lot of people would do if they uh, pick up a DFS sport that they're not usually comfortable with, and that's just follow projections. And these Tampa players are all going to be amongst the highest projected players uh, on the slate here tonight. Um, I'm just looking through our projections right now. Like obviously you have the Edmonton guys at the top, but Stamkos and Kucherov are both in the top five. Hedman and Point are both in the top 12. Like four out of the 12 highest projected skaters tonight are all on Tampa Bay. They're going to be in a lot of lineups of people that are playing NHL for the first time and just hitting optimize, right? So I think there should be some concern about that 15% on the top line coming up a little bit, or maybe even certain players... Uh, coming up in in ownership a little bit, like we have Kucherov at 20.6% and point of 15. If that ends up at like 25 and 20, that wouldn't surprise me in the least. So, you know, we saw yesterday with Florida that just because you have a huge total and you're a good offensive team at home doesn't guarantee that you're going to score a pile of goals and it doesn't guarantee that the opposing goalie um, is going to fall on his face. And Lucas Dostal, um, expected to be in net, is one of the best goalie prospects that exists in the NHL, I think you'd probably say Askarov from Nashville is is probably number one. You know, Dostal is two or three, right? Like this isn't just this isn't like you know. We'll talk about Vancouver later. Vancouver's on like their backup AHL goalie or something like that. You know, Dostal is a guy that could be the starter for Anaheim as soon as next year. So, you know. I, I think there is merit to not playing Tampa Bay here. There's always merit to not playing teams that are going to be like 20% owned on a nine game slate. It's just, it does every single player from Tampa Bay fall outside the top 10 DraftKings scores here tonight? It kind of feels tough. Like Brandon Hagel's been shooting a lot lately. Brandon Hagel's 29 shots in his last 10 games. Um, you know, I, he's not super expensive, but, you know, 5,700, that's not really a guy you just want off either um you know I think you can always one off Kucherov certainly you can always one off Stamkos where he's the only guy in the top power play unit on his line if I were to play Tampa Bay here tonight I would do one of two things I would just straight stack an even strength line and probably add a defenseman um you know Hedman obviously makes the most sense but I do think they have a few playable defensemen or I would power play stack Anaheim does take a lot of penalties. They're at 3.5 times shorthanded per game. That's well above the league average, which I think is 3.1 now. Um, You know, their penalty kill has been pretty bad basically all season long. The only thing that saved them at times is the goaltending that has been pretty good this year. So I would probably Tampa power play stack or, you know, even strength stack plus added defenseman or something like that. I would probably do something a little bit different than just say, you know, Tampa one and then move along. Um, especially if you're playing in, in some of the bigger contests here tonight, you know, where the $20 has 11,000 entries or something like that. I probably wouldn't just slam Tampa one out, look to get, um, just a little bit more unique. You don't have to completely change it up, but I think there are different ways to play Tampa here tonight than just using three guys off the top line and, and, and moving along.
2: Yeah. And I kind of really like Sorelli. He's starting to play better. So like you can power play stack here, but I think even trying stacking is fine. And another thing that we talked about, well, okay, so like if you're going to full stack Tampa, make sure to have Hagel in there. He's going to be the lowest owned to the, the top line for sure. Or if you like want a one-off Stamkos or pair him with Hedman, there's so many ways to get different with Tampa that I'm not extremely worried about ownership. I'm more worried about 20% Nashville than I would be 20% Tampa. Um, and another thing we talked on the show yesterday about, you know, Boston pretty pretty much being locked into a playoff matchup and not playing their guys a ton. Tampa's pretty much locked into a, a matchup with the Leafs here, but they're still playing these guys 20 minutes. The top six guys, you know, uh, Point, Kucherov, Hagel, you look at their, la- their game logs of the last five games, they've been averaging 20 minutes a night. Stamkos, 20 minutes a night. Sorelli, nineteen minutes a night. So these guys are playing. You don't, you know, they're expensive, but you're not. You don't have to worry about them playing like 14, 15, 16, like Patrice Bergeron. So, you know, there's a lot going for Tampa Bay here tonight. So I, I do really like them. I'm out on the Ducks. Um, like Cliff said, if you want to one off someone, you can. But you know, two point two on the road on a nine game slate. Don't want to hang my hat on that. Let's move on to the next one. The Montreal Canadiens with a 2.4 total. Heading into New Jersey, the Devils have a 4.1 total. Samuel Dikembe-Montembeau is confirmed. Vitek-Vanachek is probable. Mackenzie Blackwood got hurt in practice today, so it's probably going to be Vanachek. Looks like uh, Hughes is with Bratt now. Tatar with Heisher and Mercer. 4.1 to- total here, and about half the ownership on the Devils at the- as there were. Uh, Tampa now... This is a very good power play matchup. I saw Cliffy drop something in the discord about the Canadians not giving up a lot of shots per 60 on the power play. But when you let the first one in, you're not going to face many shots on the power play on the penalty kill. So I don't know. I still really like the devils here.
3: I mean, Yes. I, I really like New Jersey too. I mean, like it, it, let's face facts here. Montreal Canadiens are a bottom five team in the league. Like, yeah. There's just no way around that. Um, yeah, I want I'll, to. I'll, I'll start on the New Jersey side. Obviously, the line that sticks out to me immediately is Hughes, Sharon, Govich, and Pratt. And the reason for that is. Hughes and Sharon Govich have typically played pretty well together offensively. And Diego Sharon Govich might not be like a, one of those household names. And I don't think like he's a tremendous offensive player. But over the last two seasons, they're up over 700 minutes together, at five on five. That's a lot of a lot of ice time together. 3.1 expected goals for 3.7. Actual goals for generating 36 shots every 60 minutes. They are really, really good offensively together. And the numbers get even better when Jesper Bratt is there, which they should because Jesper Bratt is turning into, you know, one of the top 12 or 15 uh, dual threat wingers, uh, offensive wingers in the NHL. So I look at our top stacks tool and I see Hughes, Bratt, and Sharon Govich coming in with positive leverage, which feels kind of weird to me because you know hughes and um Brad are going to be on the top power play unit they're not that expensive at eighteen thousand three hundred. now i get why they're coming in um with positive leverage while the his year line has negative leverage and it, the reason is it's 4500 dollars in salary savings right so i get that um but with Hughes and Brat on the top power play unit, like before Hughes got hurt, he was he had been arguably the best offensive player in the league for like the prior month, six weeks. And like like I said, Hughes and Sharon Govich have a pretty good offensive, a pretty big and pretty very good offensive sample going all the way back to last year. So for me, it's it's Hughes, Bratt, and Sharon Govich that I have interest in on the New Jersey side, and it's not like it's not particularly close for me um, when you factor in um salary. Uh like that Hughes line is projected for 12 more points on DraftKings um than the history line. Like their projection is like 45 is um like 45% higher um than the history line. So like I'll just play the line like 18,300 is still a very reasonable price for this line. I'll take that line. Maybe they come in higher, like 12%, but even like 12%, like I'm perfectly fine with that. Maybe they come in a little bit higher, but it's Sharon Govich, Brad and Hughes that I think is easily the best line.
0: Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan. But you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com slash renew to learn more.
3: Um, at least offensively uh, for New Jersey. Now, Tatari Hissier, and Mercer shouldn't be bad because Tatar and Hissier have been pretty good together um, this season, all season long. You know, their last 100 minutes together, 3.7 expected goals for 2.7 actual. So still generating a lot, not scoring as much. Um, Dawson Mercer, and another guy, not really a household name, but he has good scoring chance creation numbers this season, as a lot of Devils forwards do. So I think they, they're fine. Like they're a decent, fine, like depth line to play. But if I can get an under-owned Hughes, Jack Hughes line at home against Montreal, I'll probably do that as often as I can. So it's huge for me on the New Jersey side. Like if you want to turn into a power play stack and go double center and add Nico Hischer or whatever, like that's all fine. Like Montreal's bad enough for him. He can get away with that. It's not a big deal, but just for even strength lines, it's a huge line. On the Montreal side, like there's just really not a whole lot I want to play. Like Raphael Harvey Pinard up to $5,800 is absolutely absurd. Uh, like I know he's been scoring quite a bit. Um, he also has 21 shots in 12 games. That's like 1.65 shots per game. He's shooting 33. <laughs> like that's why he's scoring so much. Uh, if he shot 11, he would be he would be having a good uh, like a, a good debut. So they're just way overpriced. Um, no interest for me uh, in that line there's not really a ton of interest elsewhere. Like besides that, I think, you know, if you want to do like a one-off of getting to or something like that, I think that's fine. One off Christian to I think that's fine. But like, there's just not a lot on the Montreal side. I want a full stack. I think this is about the Hughes line.
2: Yeah. And we have a $10 super chat from Clayton. He says, "Cliffy, please say something positive about the haps. I will uh, do that for you. I will go with the Pierre Dorian route. We are a team (laughs) there you go yeah
3: yeah basically they are a team i don't know i would say they found um they had a very good 2022 draft let's put it that way i i think there's a reasonable chance that amongst montreal's first four draft picks that the first overall pick ends up being the worst player uh it's kind of funny how that things work, how those things work out. But I think Montreal, when you, in like five years, you'll look back on the 2022 draft as a turning point. Um, Cause I think they got, especially in the second round, they got some really great draft picks. So that's what I'll say positively.
2: They also stole Kirby doc from the, the Hawks. Yeah. Thanks for that Chicago. Yeah. Appreciate that. Uh, so move on to the next one here. We have the Detroit Red Wings with a 2.7 total heading into Washington the Capitals have a 3.3. Villy huso Darcy Kemper, confirmed. Not a big fan of this game. Maybe there is something. Like, Ovechkin's still out. Red Wings lines are all right. Uh, like, going into Washington is not the best matchup. Not a lot of ownership here on either side. Maybe you could talk me into something. Maybe you can... Maybe not.
3: (laughs) Yeah. I, and I, I can't believe I'm doing this for anybody that's known me for the last five years, but I'm starting to talk myself into some Detroit red wings. Um, one thing you and I have talked about quite a bit over like the last couple of weeks is the effect of Lucas Raymond on Dylan Larkin. And I've wrote about it elsewhere where I, I write about season long fantasy hockey. Um, the numbers for Dylan Larkin with, and without, uh, lucas raymond beside him over the last couple of seasons like it, it's night and day like they're not you're when you look at it you wonder how it's possible that lucas raymond comes anywhere as close to keeping his role so over the last two years at five on five dylan larkin puts up 3.6 points per 60 minutes at five on five without lucas raymond that drops to 2.1 with them uh, Detroit is scoring four and a half goals per 60 minutes at five on five with Larkin on the ice without Lucas Raymond. That drops all the way down to 2.3 when he has Raymond on the ice. So basically half, uh, you know, the, uh, expected goals, uh, for go up something like 28%. Um, you know, the defense gets better, like everything <laughs> Everything that could possibly happen positively for Dylan Larkin happens when he's not playing with Lucas Raymond. It makes a big difference. In fact, if you look at just the top line, because it looks like David Perron um, might line up with, on the top line with Larkin and Bertuzzi. If you look at just Perron and Larkin without Raymond, 3.2 expected goals for, 3.8 actual goals for. Those aren't just good offensive numbers. Those are excellent offensive numbers. And that's over 200 minutes, which is like a 20-game sample. And, you know, Washington's getting Nick Dowd back. That's the one thing that's kind of making me a little bit hesitant here. Because Nick Dowd, he's a fourth liner, but he's a really good defensive center that can shut down opposing lines. And that worries me because he can shut down or, you know, really negatively impact the offense of Larkin and Bertuzzi and Perron. But I think that Detroit line, you know, if they end up being together, because we still don't have confirmation on Detroit lines, if they end up being together, I don't mind playing them. Like Washington's defense has typically been good this year, but has started to fall off, like tied for 20th by expected goals against at five on five over the last 20 games, uh, 25th by actual goals against, worse than teams like Montreal, Columbus, and Florida. I, like, I don't know, man. There's not much ownership on that Detroit top line. The problem is they're expensive, right? Like, they're, they're about the same price as the New Jersey top line that we just talked about. And I think I'd rather play New Jersey at home against Montreal. But if Bertuzzi, Larkin, and Perron are all together at warm-up, I think that's a line at the very least worth considering if you're playing several lineups here tonight. On the Washington side, I just don't have interest. Like they're they're changing up their lines quite a bit because guys are aren't really healthy. Like you can tell Tom Wilson's not really that healthy. He's just trying to gut it out because they're in a, a playoff race. Um, TJ Oshi really hasn't been playing that well. Like he has been shooting more lately, two point three shots per game over his last ten games, but he's still not playing like all that well. Evgeny Kuznetsov, forty four shots in his last twenty four games. That's like 1.9 shots per game. That's not very good. Um, And he's been booted off the top power play unit. The top power play unit has Nicholas Backstrom, whose offensive skills since returning are very much in question. And Marcus Johansson, which I don't know what he's doing there. I Honestly, man, I just don't see a lot on the Washington side I like. And to boot, because they're all so relatively cheap, they're all coming in over-owned by the top stacks tool. So... If I have an overowned Washington team that's really not playing well, that's constantly mixing up lines, and I think some of the players are coming in overpriced, like I think Kuznetsov at $5,000 is overpriced. I think, you know, T.J. Oshie at $5,300, I think that's overpriced. Overpriced, overowned without Ovechkin, I think Washington is an easy pass for me here tonight. Um, I don't know if you feel any different about them.
2: I I just I'm not a big fan of stacking Washington anyway even when they're fully healthy and Ovechkin's not out and he's or Ovechkin's out and he's the straw that stirs the drink on that whole team for decades so I mean like if you want to one-off a guy here and there I guess it's fine like they just the prices just aren't great like you mentioned like like they do have a 3.3 total and Detroit has a really bad penalty kill so like the Capitals power play without Ovechkin is not very good. So I guess you could play Stromanoshi, but like I don't want to pay 9,500 for the two of them. I guess it would be an ownership thing. They have fairly low ownership. It's just, you know, I think I agree with you with the wings take. If it is Perron, Larkin, Bertuzzi, that would probably be my favorite thing out of this. And we,
3: we should also mention Yakov uh, Verona is expected back in the lineup uh, for Detroit here tonight. Um, for people not familiar with them, Uh, He was traded there last year. He had been hurt um, at the end. I think it was at the end of last year uh, coming into this season on a per minute basis. There are few players in the NHL over the last five years that uh, scored more goals than Jakob Brana. The problem has generally been twofold. One, he's rarely been on the top power play unit for any team he's been on, whether it's been Washington or Detroit And the other, he doesn't get a lot of ice time. There hasn't been a season yet where he's played over 15 minutes a game. Top line players, you'd like them to be at least around 18 minutes. Um, But he's only 2,600 on DraftKings. I guess we'll see where he is at warm-up. He's making his return. He hasn't played, I think, since October in the NHL. So who knows what kind of shape he's in. They're probably not going to play much more than like 11 minutes or something like that. But I think it's worth pointing out that one of the most efficient scorers in the NHL over the last half decade is $2,600 tonight on DraftKings.
2: Worth noting if he slots in in the top six for sure. Well, he's playing with
3: Fabry, they said. I don't know if I think that'd be considered the third line. But I mean,
2: Fabry is playing with Fabry is pretty good, though. So, yeah, we'll see. As we mentioned off the hop, we are sponsored by Prize Picks. You can get one free month Stochastic Plus Platinum and up to a hundred dollar deposit match bonus when you sign up and make a deposit. As at Prize Picks, it's a daily prop based contest. It's basically like parlays. They don't like when you say that though. Uh, it's more like round robins, I guess. There's no sharks op- optimizers or mass entries. You can five part lineup that can ten x your entry fee. Six, you can do a six pack that will twenty five x. You can go cross sports, but with really the only show in town tonight, NHL, have a couple. Our boss Jake Hari hasn't put up his prize picks yet. Jake, what are you doing? Uh so I will get a head start for him if you are interested in some prize picks under the goals tab. I like Jack Hughes over half a goal, meaning he's probably gonna score tonight. Um and in the goalie saves category, I like Philip Gustafsson over 27 and a half saves. Those are the two that I like. There's some others, but um, make sure to click the link in the description below. Sign up. You can bet those two. I'm sure Jake will have a six-pack of picks coming out soon. And uh, at Jake Hari on Twitter. He loves your Twitter interaction. Jake, big Twitter guy. Big Twitter guy. So make sure to hit him up on there. And, uh, yeah, we'll go from there. Link in the description, as always. Let's get to uh, the Hawks main event of the evening. St. Louis Blues with a 2.3 total. It's come up during the day. Congrats, Haas. Uh, Going into Carolina, the Hurricanes have a 3.8 total. Jordan Bennington is confirmed. No no goalie confirmed yet for the Hurricanes. Uh, Could be Freddie. So, uh, yeah, not a lot of ownership here on the Blues. Or, excuse me, of course there's not a lot of ownership here on the Blues. Not a lot of ownership here on the Hurricanes. And that's kind of interesting because – since the Blues traded Tarasenko and Ryan O'Reilly, this is one of the better matchups on the slate. Like Jordan Bennington, depending on which goalie metrics you look at, like save above expected. He's last in the NHL. Carolina's a high-volume team. I got, I kind of like Carolina here tonight.
3: Yeah, I mean, there is a lot of reason to like Carolina here tonight. Like St. Louis's depth is just starting to get gutted, right? Like O'Reilly's gone and Tarasenko's gone um Brandon Saad is still hurt like that's basically the entire top line missing from St. Louis and they were a non-playoff team to begin with so uh yeah things are starting to look a little oh and Pavel Buchnevich is still out like yeah it start things are starting to look a little dire for the Blues like I'll just say quickly I have no interest on the St. Louis side um you know if you want to I don't even say, like, one-off Braden Shen. The guy's almost $5,000 on trafficking. So, like, I I, I think, like, St. Louis, they've just lost too many players to be able to really sustain anything. And until the prices – until they start going into a slump and the prices come down, like, if when Robert Thomas reaches 4K and Jordan Cairo's at, like, 6,300 and Braden Shen's at, like, 36, then, then I'll start considering them. I'm not considering them at these prices in what's one of the th- probably three worst matchups in the NHL. And that's going into Carolina. I think like going into Boston um, would certainly be one of them, depending how good <laughs> Los Angeles's goaltending is on any given night going into Los Angeles might be another one. though Sometimes it's really not. Um, so I, like just flat out, I've no. I'm just going to skip St. Louis. I have no interest on, on that side at those prices, um, you know, with no ownership And in monster contests, like if you're playing 150 entries in the 20 or whatever it is, that yeah, yeah, you you might have a couple St. Louis lines. If I'm playing a single entry or something like that, I'm not jamming in St. Louis two or whatever. Like it's a pass. It's what to do with the Carolina side because I I think ostensibly they have three playable lines at even strength, and they have two guys on the fourth line that are on either of the power play units that. Don't get quite split time, but not that far off. So <laughs> you basically have forwards across four lines. I like, I don't know. I think Derek Stepan is the only forward Carolina has that I would say I wouldn't be considering in a DFS lineup tonight. And that's what makes stacking Carolina so hard is I think they have 11 forwards and four defensemen that are playable here tonight. That's 15 out of their 18 skaters. That's the strength for Carolina in real life. That's why they're such a good team generally in the NHL. That's what makes them so frustrating in DFS, though, is that, yeah, like this is a tremendous matchup for Ajo, Jarvis, Svechnikov. Um, but the Martin martinuk foss line could explode for three goals here tonight and Carolina wins 4-1 or something like that, right? And that would be perfectly in line with what you'd expect in this game. It's the frustrating part of, of, of Carolina. So what we're going to do is go through kind of how they use their lines. Like, I think if anything, the St. Louis top line would probably be their best defensive line. Um, I don't think that's saying a lot about it defensively, but I think it would be their best defensive line and stall fast. Martinook on the Carolina side, will go out against them quite a bit. So you're taking the best defensive line out of play for St. Louis and, um, you know, us kind of taking Carolina three out of play, out of uh, play as well. Um, Carolina three coming in a little bit overowned. I, I think they're fine if you're playing like Edmonton, and we'll get to the Oilers later. But other than that, I don't think there's a huge need to play them here tonight. Question is what to do with the top two Carolina lines. Something you and I talk about quite a bit, and kind of like how Lucas Raymond has been hurting Dale Larkins' output, which we talked about with Detroit. Sebastian Ajo helps Seth Jarvis tremendously. Over the last two years, when Jarvis is not playing with Aho, he scores 1.3 points per 60 minutes. When he's with Aho, that goes up to 2.4. It, it goes up like 80%. Like Sebastian Ajo is far and away their their most skilled offensive center, and when he's not playing with him, it doesn't leave him a whole lot to play with. So that's why playing with Ajo and Sveshnikov is so important uh, for Jarvis. And for that entire top line to uh, mesh well together. As you said, not coming in um, with much ownership. I'll bring up the top stacks tool here real quick. Uh, Carolina won 10.4% top two stack probability, 6% ownership uh, on DraftKings. That's really not that much. A little bit higher on FanDuel, where they're relatively cheap, but still uh, well within reason. So, um, yeah, I think I. Would probably go to Carolina one first. Uh, but Carolina two is certainly in play. Natchez, Teravinen, Kokani. I know we like to slide Kok and but they're playing him with two pretty good wingers. Uh, Carolina, Kokani, and uh Terra have played pretty well together this year. Two and a half expected goals, four per 60 minutes, only 1.6 against. Like they're controlling nearly 60% of the expected goal share. Um Here's the problem is last year, Martín Néjitz had this problem where he was a pretty good playmaker, but his passes weren't that dangerous. Like not a lot of like seen passes or passes from behind the net or things that can kind of confuse the defense. He changed that around this year and it's why he's had such a good season. Cock in the Emmys fallen into that trap. His playmaking stats really aren't that bad. In fact, they're quite good. The problem is, if you look at where he's passing, there's almost no passes going across the slot. There's almost no passes coming from behind the net. All his passes are going to the blue line. They're just shooting from the point. So, like, if I'm playing guys from Carolina 2, I think it's, like, either stacking in some sort of power play stack or just one-offing, like a one-off natures or something like that. I don't think I'm just even-strength stacking Carolina 2. If I'm even-strength stacking any line from Carolina I think it's pretty easily the top line for me. Um,
0: Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com slash renew to learn more. Judy
1: was boring.
0: Hello. Then
1: Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com.
0: It's my little escape.
1: Now Judy's the life of the party.
0: Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon.
1: Whoa, take it easy, Judy. Judy! <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChambaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I think they should have a good night against
3: St. Louis here tonight, but uh, Carolina has surprised us more than once falling completely on their face when they should uh, just smash an opponent.
0: Yeah.
2: And this is a smash spot. I mean, stars are aligning here. It's just, I don't know. Playing Carolina in one lineup always makes me uncomfortable on a larger slate. That's just me, though. If I was going to go to anything, it would be Ajo Jarvis, Svechnikov for me. Or, you know, Martinuk and Stahl. Whenever you're not expecting Martinuk and Stahl to do well, they do well. So let's move on to the next one. The Toronto Maple Leafs with a 3.8 total. Heading into Buffalo, the Sabres have a 3.1 that is trending towards a 7. <laughs> Ilya Samsonoff and Uko, Pekka, Lukanen are confirmed. I just really like saying that name. Another game where there's absolutely no ownership on the Buffalo side here, and I don't get it. I really don't get it. Tate Thompson, Alex Tuck, Jeff Skinner. You know, uh, Thompson's offensive numbers have fallen off a bit recently, but you know, his price has also come down. They're only 22-3. Like, they're the most expensive line on the night, unless, you know, Edmonton stacks their, their top guys. But no ownership here. The Leafs are a very good team. The biggest problem with the Leafs is their goaltending sucks. So, like, I kind of like Buffalo one here. On the flip side, Buffalo also sucks defensively. And there's not a ton of ownership here on the Leafs, which makes me nervous because they have a 3.8 total here. And Matthews is currently projected for under 10% ownership. So, like, this game feels like it's going to be sneaky.
3: Yeah, I, it's one of those things like this is a seven total, and I'm looking at the ownership for the lines. Six percent top line for Toronto, three and a half percent second line for Toronto, under one percent for the top two lines from Buffalo. Like, a seven total, and nobody's playing the lines here. I think this is a kind of a case like Tampa Bay where a lot of casual players, you're going to see uh optimizer spit out uh, some Toronto combinations for them. Uh, 3.8 total. Uh, it's not really that expensive. Like uh, that Tavares uh, Mariner O'Reilly line is 17,700. That's really not that expensive um, on DraftKings, at least like that's cheaper than the Carolina line we just talked about. So, like I kind of get it um, in one sense, but these are two of the best offensive teams in the league this season. Um, You mentioned the Toronto goaltending, which has been pretty bad basically since the start of December. Uh, And then you have the uh, the Buffalo side where they've just been a really shaky defensive team all season with goaltending that hasn't been able to save them. So yeah, this is, pretty much i think this is my favorite game on the entire slate um not only for the offensive potential but because it doesn't look like there's a lot of ownership coming in the buffalo top line has had its in, but four expected goals four per 60 minutes at 5 on 5 over the last uh over their last 100 minutes league average i think is at like 2.5 now so um they're 60% higher than league average over their last 100 minutes so they're generating a lot actual goals scored. They're all playing around that 18, 19 minute range. Um, One thing I did notice is that Jeff Skinner hasn't been shooting a lot under two and a half shots per game in his last 20 games. That's not really that good. And Tase Thompson. Okay. So people might look at Tase Thompson, uh, his recent, you know, kind of track record and wonder what's happened to his shooting, which is a fair question because, um, I think he's at about uh, two, po- yeah, two point six shots per game over his last ten games. And if you've seen Tage Thompson at all this season, two point six shots for a stretch of ten games is really low for him. Like he, you'd almost expect double that rate. <laughs> like he's uh, really been struggling. But I was looking at what's happened, and it's just missing the net. Um. So- only 44% have, of his shot attempts over the last month have landed on goal. Typically, guys are at like 55 to 60%. That would add like an extra 11 shots, give or take, to Taja's total recently. and would push him closer to four shots per game, which is a lot closer to what you'd expect from him. So it seems like it's just kind of like a small sample thing where, you know, over a span of 10 games, he's just missing the net a little bit more than he used to. So I'm not that worried about his shot rate. And like that, like I said, they're still generating quite a bit. So with absolutely no ownership on Buffalo, I kind of like that Buffalo top line. I get they're expensive. If you want to leave somebody off, I think Skinner might be the guy to leave off. Like I think Alex Tuck has been playing better than him over the last month and a half or so. But leaving a guy off a stack where they're perfectly correlated on the power play is pretty dangerous. <laughs> So I think I would probably just full stack the Buffalo top line. I really do uh, like them here tonight. Especially where Buffalo doesn't use that top line in a shutdown role, right? Like, they won't see much of the Matthews line at all. They're going to probably see quite a bit of that Tavares line, which has been good defensively for most of the season. But Ryan O'Reilly being introduced, like, he's typically really, really good defensively, but he's been really bad defensively this particular season. If he doesn't improve, he might actually make that line worse defensively and it might actually not make it that bad of a matchup for Buffalo's top line so I do like Buffalo one the question is what to do about the depth because Cousins Olofsson and Paterka is a really interesting line to me because Cousins is a pretty good dual threat offensive player already at this point of his career Olofsson is kind of a one-dimensional shooter and JJ Paterka is a rookie but he has really, really good playmaking, like underlying playmaking data. So they have one good passer, one good dual threat, and one good shooter. That's a pretty good line combination that I kind of like. I just don't know if I'm going to full stack them like thirteen thousand one hundred. You only get one guy on the top power play unit. I think like a two man of like Cousins and Olafson or Cousin or like you know even Olafson and Paterka or something is fine. I wouldn't just kind of eschew Buffalo's second line here. Like, I think that's a nice line combination that could do well, and they're still at home against that Toronto goaltending. It's what to do on the Leafs side. Um, Tavares and Barner have typically struggled without one of Matthews or Nylander or Bunting on the wing this year, struggled offensively, at least relatively to in Toronto terms. But for Ryan O'Reilly's struggles defensively this year, his scoring chance creation numbers are still, like, elite. The problem was in St. Louis that his line mates weren't finishing, and that's what happens when you play most of your time with Brandon Saad and Josh Levo. Like, I'm sorry, um, Ivan Barbashev, Braden Shen. Like, it would just go down the list. Um, I, you know, Tavares and Marner is a significant upgrade. I just don't know if I want to pay that price. Um, like, I'd probably just go play Carolina one at home uh, at a similar price range, right? Um, we'll get to Ve- we'll get to Vegas in a bit. I think I'd probably rather play Vegas as well. Like, for me, this game is really about both top lines, especially where the Buffalo penalty kill really has struggled, particularly their goaltending. Like, I want to get um, Matthews and Nylander in my lineups to take advantage of that bad Buffalo penalty kill. So I think it's the, the expensive top lines that I like in this game the most. But I do think the second lines are kind of interesting for different reasons, but it's the big guys I'm after.
2: Okay. Yeah. I mean, I agree with that. Uh, I think like at 3%, that second line, you can take bits and pieces from like, I don't think you need a full stack. You want to do like O'Reilly Tavares or O'Reilly Marner. You get one of those guys on the top power play unit. You want to leave off bunting and add in a Marner or Tavares. I think that's fine as well. It gets a little bit more expensive, but you know, Buffalo or uh, Toronto low ownership always makes me nervous. Um, you know, Matthews wasn't great in the last game. He had, he, he got the shot bonus on, like, a wrister with, like, three seconds left. No points. So, you know, we'll see. I mean, it's one of the spots that I definitely have circled in my one to three. Let's move on to the next one. The Vancouver Canucks with a three total heading into Nashville. The Predators have a 3.7 total. Colin Delia, UC Saros confirmed. Big chalk on the Nashville top line. They're fully correlated. They are – what 12-1 on DraftKings, which is just so cheap. Fully quarterly against a team that's so bad defensively. Their uh their penalty kill is awful. I just I don't know if I can handle playing fucking Nashville chalk again. Like I, I feel like I don't want to play 20% Michael Gramlin. It's I just I just can't do it. I'm making one lineup tonight. The chances of me having some kind of national skaters besides Yoshi are pretty low. If anything, maybe I'll have Duchesne, but like I don't want to one off a 22% guy and pair him with like a 30% Yoshi. You know what I mean? I prefer the Vancouver side here. The top line of Pedersen, Pavilion, uh, and Kuzmanko are fully correlated on the power play. They're getting around 2% ownership. Yeah, UC Saros has been great this season, but the Nashville penalty kill gives up. They're in the bottom five of shots allowed on the penalty kill, so Vancouver is one of those power play reliant teams. I think, based off ownership, I prefer the Canucks side.
3: Yeah, I'm glad you said that. Um, yeah, if you, look, I'll bring up our top stacks tool real quick. Nashville 1 is the most over-leveraged line on the slate. Nashville 3 is the third most ele- over-leveraged line on the slate. And Nashville 2 is the ninth most <laughs> over-leveraged line on the slate. Like, um, Even on a nine-game slate, uh, it looks like there's a reasonable chance we're going to get like one out of every three lineups is going to have some sort of Nashville stack in it, depending on the contest. Uh, I That's just a fade for me. Um, especially with Johansson and Granlin, like on the top line without Philip Forsberg, they're scoring 1.8 goals per 60 minutes this year. Now they're only shooting six and a half percent. That's, you know, that's clearly low, but even if you jack that up, um, even if you jack that up to like nearly 10%, they're still only scoring about 2.75 goals per 60 minutes, which is a little bit above average. Like my point is they're not generating a lot of offense when they're not with Philip Forsberg, which makes sense, because Forsberg's probably their best, you know, at least their best offensive forward. Um, And, you know, Vancouver, yeah, they are a pretty bad defensive team. Not saying they're not, but they are taking a lot fewer penalties, right? That's something that they have stopped doing over the last, you know, six to eight weeks is taking so many penalties the penalty kill is very bad. So they don't need to take a lot of penalties to really get burned. Um, But it's not as if Nashville's power play has been outstanding this season. uh, Anyway, Um, you know, that Vancouver top line, pretty small sample, Pedersen, Beauvillier, and Kuzmenko only 50 minutes, but only two expected goals against per 60 when they've been on the ice. Like Pedersen, Kuzmenko really have been pretty good together this year. I don't think, Um, You know, Granlin probably doesn't see a ton of them at even strength, but it's not a great matchup when they do see them. So I don't know, man, like this Nashville's coming in with a ton of ownership and, you know, their highest projected line is 30.3 points on DraftKings, which is 0.4 points higher than the Vancouver top line on the other side that is coming in, um, you know, at maybe one eighth the ownership. I'm with you. I'm on Vancouver 1. Pedersen, Beauvillier, Kuzmenko, I told you. Um, I just uh, talked about how good their numbers are together this year. They're fully correlated on the top power play unit. I mentioned in the Discord earlier, if you go back to Christmas, Nashville is allowing like the fifth most shot attempts, fifth most shots, fourth most expected goals, middle even middle of the pack by goals against. Because they give up so many shots, even great play from Saros can't save them. And I know people are afraid of facing Saros, and I get it. But if you look at this season between Ilya Sorokin, Connor Hellebach, and UC Saros, who I think have been the three best goalies in the league this season, about 25% of their starts result in four goals against or more. One out of every four starts. So, like, there's, not, there's a reasonable chance that Vancouver has a good night here tonight against a bad defensive uh, Nashville team that is relying on their goaltending. So I'm with you. I really like that perfectly correlated Pedersen Kuzmenko Beauvillier line. Um, you know Pedersen's been playing heavy minutes, 21 to 22 minutes a game regularly of late. Not worried about any matchups on the Nashville side. Like even if they use the Jusno line in a shutdown matchup, that line's at three expected goals against for 60 minutes this year. They haven't been as good as they were last year. Um, so. You know, if you want to play Nashville because of, of Vancouver starting an AHL goalie or whatever, I you know, go ahead. that That's fine. I just think there's way, way, way too much ownership for a team that's really not that good. And I'd rather take the best line in this game, which is Pedersen, Kuzmenko, and Beauvillier that is coming in at fractions, the ownership of anything on the Nashville side.
2: Yeah, I mean, and we'll talk about the fence later, but I think, I still think Roman Yossi is a great play tonight, but we'll obviously get to that later. Um And we'll talk about that. But since there are 275 of you, thank you very much for tuning in. Make sure to smash that like button as well. We have a offer just for you guys for listening. If you click the link in the description below, you can get 50% off a weekly or monthly uh, NHL membership without Fantasy Crunch. You can always add it on later. If you click the link in the below, it will automatically populate the code. You don't need to enter a code or anything. It will be... Up there for you. The weekly is under ten dollars now. That's you know, the original price is twenty. The monthly is under thirty dollars at twenty nine ninety eight. It's sixty dollars normally. You'll get projections, ownership, the lineup builder, rankings, the Discord, which I think is very underrated. As I turn purple for whatever reason, I don't know. Um, but yeah, you'll get into the Discord. A lot of guys willing to help you. We have very good uh, talk about strategy, about stats, and all that kind of stuff. Um, the purple really, you know, helps with this read. But this is the lineup builder. It has the lines. It has owner. If you're a premium member, it has the line projection, the individual projection, the ownership projection, all of that. I see Cliffy has begun to build the lineup. Um, so what do you got in there so far, Cliffy?
3: Well. I put Buffalo one and Nashville one. Cause like, if you're going to play Nashville, I think that makes a lot of sense to put them with Buffalo, right? Cause that Buffalo top line uh, not coming in with any ownership. So, you know, you can put in a super chalky line, maybe the chalkiest line on the slate with one of the least chalky lines on the slate. And I think that's one way you can strike a good balance. So still have to work on our defense and goalies, but going to start off with Buffalo one and Nashville one for now.
2: Yeah. Why am I still purple? Let me oh there he is still purple
3: well i guess uh we're just gonna have to kind of go with it for now
2: yeah yeah all right let's move on to the next one while i'm purple uh 50 shades of of josh here for you los angeles kings with a 2.9 total heading into minnesota the wild have a 3.1 total Phoenix Copley, Philip Gustafsson confirmed. I saw uh, Felino skated. I don't think he's going to be in tonight. No, but
3: he's not playing.
2: No, nah. but he is traveling with the team. That's worth noting. Come, you know, maybe later this week or this weekend. But, you know, Joel Eriksson-Eck going to go see a fair bit of that Kopitar matchup, I I would believe. That he, I mean, Eriksson-Eck still has very good defensive numbers without Greenway and Foligno, just not as elite with Greenway and Felino. I don't really like that Kempe Kopitar matchup. I would imagine the Gaudreau greenway duhame is going to see a fair bit of Deneau more in Arvidsson. So I don't really like that. And then you have, you know, Zucrow, Hartman, and Kaprazov probably going to see a fair bit of Lazat-Fiala. Not a huge fan of that, but, like, I don't mind, like, maybe one-offing Fiala here, but like the Minnesota is very good defensively. They have a very good penalty kill. They're better goalies starting. This seems like an MME spot. I, if anything, I'm going to, you know, go to that Minnesota one line here, just because, you know, the Kings goalies have been adventurous at times, but the Kings are a very good defensive team as well. They don't have a great penalty kill, but that's mostly goaltending related. So if anything, I'm going to the Minnesota top line. I'll
3: save my breath on the Kings here. The only line I would play is the Deno line. Um, Like you said, Erickson X probably going to go out against Kempi, Kopitar and Byfield. That's just a no go for me, even without Foligno there. Like I was looking at Boldy and Erickson X this year, 1.7 expected goals against together, 1.1 actual goals. against. (laughs) No, not playing Los Angeles one. Um, you know, if you want to play Los Angeles three, I think that's fine. Fiala, I follow Lazab. But um...
0: did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to first choice within sixty days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com slash renew to learn more.
2: Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky.
0: Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office.
3: Um, typically this season, they've been generating a lot, like three expected goals generated in 150 minutes together since Christmas, um, playing power play two together. So if anything, that's where I go, but I'm not, I have no interest in Los Angeles here tonight. For me, it's the Minnesota side. Um, it's either Minnesota one or Minnesota two, Minnesota two. I'm going to just like Minnesota one, they're a good top line to use, perfectly in play here. Two out of three guys on the top power play unit. Gaprazov's one of the best offensive players. Might be the best offensive winger in the league at this point. Yeah, not very close to it. Um, so, yes, Minnesota won perfectly fine. It's Minnesota 2 I want to talk about real quick, because I just talked about Boldy and Eriksson Ek and their defensive numbers. They're great. expected goals for as well, which is above average, not like way above average, but above average, like by about 12 or 13%. So good. It's the other guy, Adam Beckman. Now I wasn't here on the weekend. Um, He got called up. He's been playing with them. Adam Beckman is at 3.2 shots per game in the AHL over the last two seasons. And he's only 21 years old. Whenever there's anybody in the AHL, in their early twenties at three shots per game or more, I really start to pay attention. My only concern is that entire line is just shooters. Erickson Eck is just a shooter. Boldy is a shooter. Beckman is a shooter. Whether they can all manage that together, we'll see. But I think Boldy, Erickson Eck, especially where Boldy and Erickson Eck are on the top power play unit. I think Boldy, Erickson Eck and Beckman is kind of one of my favorite, like fillery type lines here tonight.
2: Yeah, I do like them as well. The one problem with Beckman is he only plays like ten or eleven minutes. He is very cheap, though. I, you know, Eric's neck, two man, I think is fine here.
3: Yeah, that's that, that. Like, that's the other part of it is Beckman's twenty six hundred. So, like, eleven minutes for twenty six hundred. Oh, sure.
2: Yeah, don't mind that for sure. Move on to the next one: Vegas Golden Knights with a three point nine total heading into Chicago. The Blackhawks have a two point five total. Laurent Brossois is back, and Peter Mrazek is confirmed. This is a very, very good matchup for the Golden Knights here. Not a huge fan of their lines, but, you know, I think there are three playable lines for Vegas here. I think, you know, this is a good power play spot. I think when we get to defensemen shortly at the end of this slate, there's going to be some in this game with not a lot of ownership right now that we'll talk about. Not much ownership as it is on Vegas. So this is a Vegas game for me. You know, some people might not uh, recognize Laurent Brosois' name, but he is one of the better backups in the league. He probably could start for a bunch of teams. So, you know, don't have too much interest in Chicago. You know, Domi and Kane are coming off a massive game, but I don't know. I guess you could, you could play them in MME. I'm not going to get to them in one to three.
3: Like, is it not, is it crazy? Is this not the place to go get your filler stacks instead of Nashville? Yeah. Like a higher, away, baby. Yeah. A higher implied total than Nashville and lower ownership, uh, on their depth lines. I don't really get that. Um, but I'll take it for sure. Uh, I'm just, I'm not playing Chicago. I'll say it, you know, every time they're on the slate, um, I usually don't play Chicago. Vegas has been flat out one of the best defensive teams in the league. Uh, they're, they've been top five in almost every defensive category since Mark Stone got hurt. I think a lot of that is just their defense getting healthy, right? Like, they got McNabb back. They got White Cloud back. They got, you know, Petrangelo was away from the team for a while. She, Shea Theodore was hurt. This is the first time, basically, that they've had their entire defense core healthy and top to bottom. It's one of the deepest in the league. So yeah, no interest in Chicago. Like if you want a one-off, um, you know, like Tyler Johnson, I think can be a one-off Taylor Radish is always a one-off. Like that's fine, but I'm not stacking anything for Chicago. That team just so bad. And they're in a, like, I think one of the five worst matchups that exists in the NHL. It's the Vegas side. That's interesting. And like, they aren't coming with much ownership. Um That Eichel line, 17,500. Um, coming in with positive leverage. The Smith-Carlson-Amadio, 12,400, a little bit of negative leverage, but nowhere's anywhere close to any of the Nashville lines. Uh, Stevenson-Kessel and Carrier, now this was is probably going to be the most over-leveraged line, um, but still less so than two out of the three Nashville lines, right? So, like, I don't know. I think Vegas is a spot that I would look to to go for my depth lines. It's just a matter of picking out which one. Now, I think Amadio Carlson and Smith is perfectly fine to use, um, especially where they're coming in with lower ownership. Um, And there have been games where like William Carlson plays 20 minutes for some reason or something like that, right? Like they do have games like that. And Amadio is a guy that I'm kind of a fan of. um, And there's really like not a ton of ownership on them. And, you know, like, let's be real here. um, They're coming in with, they're coming in with basically the exact same projection as the sissons uh training line um, from Nashville. And the sissons Genoa and training line is going to be about six or seven times the ownership. Like, I know that they're all min price or whatever, but like, come on, let's just, you know, skimp on a defenseman or something, go play Vegas. I think for me, if I'm playing Vegas, it's uh, Stevenson, Carrier, and Kessel. I know they might come in a little bit over-owned, um, but it's Stevenson and Carrier especially that I would probably want to get into my lineup. Stevenson is leading them in ice time. Carrier is a favorite of ours, typically has played extremely well, but has been often stuck with uh, fourth line, sometimes third line minutes. Now he's actually getting a shot, um, He has, and he's put up 16 shots in his last five games. So Stevenson, Carrier, and Kessel for me is what's interesting uh, the most. But I think Vegas is shaping up to be one of the more overlooked spots on the slate. That's kind of baffling to me.
2: Yeah, I do really like Vegas here tonight. And I think like even going Eichel Marshesso here is going to be well. Like they're projected two and a half percent. You can leave Cotter off if you want. You can add in Theodore. That's a low owned three man and a three point nine total going up against one of the worst defensive teams in the league. So yeah, I, I do really like Vegas. Let's get to this uh, late night hammer here. That's you know driving both of us up a wall. Philadelphia Flyers, the two point six total heading into Edmonton. The Oilers have a four point three total. Uh, Flyers played yesterday. They went with Samuel Erson, so it's probably gonna be Carter Hart. Stewie Skinner is confirmed. Patrick Kane is out. Travis Evander Konechny. Evander Kane. Oh yeah, sorry, Evander Kane is out. Travis Konechny probably is going to be out. We haven't heard anything. You have to wait for warm-ups there.
3: Joel Farabee was benched last night.
2: Yeah, he played like three minutes on the fourth line. Um, You know, some of these guys are getting the wrath of Torts. Welcome. Welcome. If Torts has ever coached your team, you know. Here's the thing, like, Edmonton doesn't run lines in practice. They don't have morning skates for whatever reason. But, like, yesterday or the last Edmonton game, in warm-ups. They ran a warm-up of Fogle, McDavid, and pooley And they didn't take one shift together in the game. So, we're going to do what we always do with Edmonton here is you, you put in McDavid, and you put the other three guys around him. saddle Hyman, Eugene Hopkins. You just kind of have to do that. Now, the thing here is, Flyers have a pretty good penalty kill. Now, the Oilers... Power play can run anybody over. So, you know, McDavid coming in around 21.5% right now, he's projected out the ass. So, like, I feel like he's going to be higher than that. I wouldn't be shocked to see 30% McDavid here. Like, I don't ever want to say this is a spot to fade McDavid. But, like, if there is ever a time, I don't know. Like, it just makes me feel nervous. Like, if you're going to – do it. I think. I, I I just don't know. Like I've been so conflicted all day on the Oilers. Like McDavid can easily go off for five points here at thirty percent, and your night is going to be ruined. But at the same time, you have to trust your numbers somewhat. And the Flyers have one of the better penalty kills in the league. So what are you doing here at the Oilers?
3: No, oh, I'm not playing them. <laughs> it's that simple. No, I'm not playing Edmonton here tonight. I, I will talk about what you probably should play them. I mean, first of all. Um, like Connect Me being out, not really great expected goals impacts, but easily their best forward. And this isn't a team that has a lot of great forwards that they can spare. So um, that sucks. Um, yes, Carter Hart is starting, but Samuel Erson's been playing pretty well um, in his NHL uh, stints, at least. The reason why you wouldn't play Edmonton is, like you said, Philadelphia's had one of the best penalty kills in the league. The, going back to Thanksgiving, which is three months ago now, um, Philadelphia has been top three in the league by um, shots against on the penalty kill and not that, not very far off um, by goals against either. Um, I think 10th right behind like Carolina or something like that. So Philadelphia has had a top 10 penalty at worst, a top 10 penalty kill in the league for three months. And they don't take a lot of penalties, 2.8 times shorthanded per game this season. Um, like I said earlier, league average is about 3.1. So where Edmonton lives and dies by the power play with, for fantasy value, I think this is a spot where you can just not play Edmonton, Um, especially where you have, like, obviously if you're playing anything from the Oilers, you're playing a power play stack because you don't know what the other line combinations are going to be. Um, You know, I think, like McDavid and, and Hyman only had like three shifts together at even strength in the last game or something like that. But obviously they'll play every single minute together on the power play. Um, so, yeah, if you're playing Edmonton, it's, you just play the big four and you know, yeah, if you want to punt like a Derek Ryan or something like that, yeah, go ahead. But it's the big four and you move along, but you, I don't know if I want to play them in what's not really a good power play spot for them. Now, Philly is back to back, On the road. So it is a pretty bad spot for them, which is why you're seeing that 4.3 total for the Oilers. So I'm not going to say it's a bad play to play Edmonton. It's almost never a bad play to play the Oilers just because they're, because like you said, Connor McDavid can end a fantasy slate in one period. Like that's just what he can do. And I think you're going to see pretty high ownership on him because, you know, their projections are through the roof. And like I said earlier, casual players will just uh, rely heavily on projections uh, when they're coming over from other sports. So I, I think the ownership that we're seeing on Edmonton is going to be even higher than what we're expecting. And higher ownership combined with a bad power play spot is why I'm not playing Edmonton. But again, like I said, they're going to project so well and play so many minutes against a team that's back to a non playoff team that's back to back on the road. If you want to play them, go ahead. I'm just saying for me personally, there are reasons why I'm not. On the Philadelphia side, um, one stack that is kind of interesting to me is uh, like a tip at JVR stack. I know JVR got moved to the second power play unit for Crystal line. Torts, baby. <laughs> but he's his price is pretty reasonable at 4400 Uh, Tippett's is only 5k. They're probably going to have to play a lot more minutes with connect me out. Um, And they played well together this year. 2.6 expected goals for 2.3 against 4.1 actual goals for Um, frost is going to be their center, probably playing on the top power play unit with Tippett. It'd be Tippett, Frost and JBR. I'd want to play and there's not much ownership on them here. Um, 1.3% ownership. I think that's another filler type line that you can look at. That's not going to get very much ownership here tonight. If you want to get away from the super chalky Nashville,
1: yeah.
2: And that's like another thing, right? If you play the big boys on Edmonton, you're going to need Phil or someone probably going to be in Nashville. So, like, I see. A guy if- I have here. Now my internet has come and gone, but. Uh, that is the slate here. Let's talk about the defenseman here. Who you like him?
3: I mean, Yossi and Hedman, I think, stand for expensive guys, kind of stand alone by themselves. The question is the Vegas expensive defenseman, like going between Petrangelo and Theodore. Um, like without Mark Stone, like power play usage doesn't really concern me all that much. Petrangelo is a guy that just really loves carrying the puck. Like for some reason he gets pegged as like a defensive defenseman and he's not like whatsoever he's an offensive defenseman he's he's Shea Theodore I, I don't really have a lean between either of them I think I would probably go Petrangelo because I assume he's going to come in with considerably lower ownership but um, I do like the expense of Vegas guys. In the mid-price range, I think there are three that kind of stand above the rest. Darnell Nurse from Edmonton, you know, in that huge home total. And he's the only guy that's going to be guaranteed over 20 minutes. Brady Shea running the top power play unit for Carolina, uh, obviously. And then Morgan Riley running the top power play for Toronto against a bad Buffalo penalty kill. Uh, Three other guys I would consider in the mid-price. Or two other guys, sorry. Uh, Ryan Graves from New Jersey. Looks like John Marino may not play tonight for the Devils. He's sick. Uh, with Marino out, I think Graves' ice time is going to go back up again. Uh, and Brett Pesci from Carolina as well. If you're paying down super cheap, I think there's a few guys under 3K okay. that you can go after. Uh, Jonathan Kovacevic, min price for Montreal, playing about 19 minutes. Uh, he's perfectly fine. Uh, Simon Benoit, once again, from Anaheim, uh, up to 2700 which sucks. But uh, I think he's still in line for a block bonus. Olimada, Mata. has been playing more than Jake Wallman lately. Uh, Mata is still pretty cheap. Uh, Matias Samuelson from Buffalo as well might be able to get a cheap, uh, shot bonus. Uh, three other guys I'll mention in the cheap ish range Matias Ekholm from Nashville, obviously in that big home total. Alex Goligoski running the top power play unit from Minnesota. His price hasn't come up much. And Connor Murphy from, uh, Chicago. He's a big shot blocker, relatively cheap. Might have to block a lot of shots against Vegas here tonight.
2: Yeah. Um, Looking through these goalies here, there are a couple that I actually do like tonight. Who are you like in net?
3: I think this is, I mean, if I'm going to pay up for a goalie, I think the guy I would go after is Stuart Skinner from Edmonton, um, assuming uh, he starts. You know, UC Saros, I think, is going to be relatively popular. Like, he's fine to use. Um, I think this is another night where I'm going to pay down in net. And three guys that I'm looking at are Vili Huso from Detroit, um, Lucas Dostal from Anaheim, And uh, to Kemi Montembeau from Montreal, Uh, Montreal going into New Jersey. Jersey can typically put up a lot of shots. We just saw yesterday with John Gibson. Gibson gave up four goals and still had an absolute colossal DK point. I think it was like 27 points or something like that for $7,6900. The shot volume matters tremendously. So I think this is another night where uh, I might look to pay down uh, a little bit in goal.
2: Yeah, I do like Saros as well. I also like uh, Philip Gustafsson. Also don't mind Phoenix Copley, but I've preferred Gustafsson in that game. Laurent Brossois, 7,900, I think you can take a flyer on as well. Uh, Speaking of flyers, if you want to ride the lightning, as you say, Carter Hart is definitely going to see the volume. I agree with you on Dostal and Montembeau. Devil's generally a high-shot volume team. So are the Hurricanes, but I don't know how much Bennington I'm going to get to. He is bad.
3: <laughs> yeah. Um. And real quickly, I just went and finished our lineup as I was thinking about defensemen. So I put Connor Murphy from Chicago in, uh, put Montembeau in net. Now, he's not going to project well because, obviously, a lot of the times he's going to get slammed. Um, but there are going to be some games where he's going to do extremely well. And I, Just because I had the money left, I put Jared Spurgeon in for Minnesota. So there we go. One, Nashville, one uh Montembeau and net with Murphy and Spurgeon on the blue line um you can see how quick you can bring a lineup together using the lineup
2: builder yep that's how I build my lineups in the lineup builder I'm playing one tonight so I will use it who are you looking for your hat trick pick tonight
3: uh I am gonna go and say that UC Saros is not going to have an extremely good night tonight and I think Anthony Beauvillier records a hat trick for Vancouver
2: zoltan to that uh i'm gonna stick i'm gonna stick to my spice lord here i'm going the real wild bill william carrier
3: oh that would be something i'd love to see that
2: (laughs) so yeah uh i believe we'll be back thursday but this is the christmas of uh dfs for nhl if you have any questions you can hit us up in discord uh might be on twitter I've been logged in and out of my Twitter Elon just, you know, living the dream making a difference. So, try to get in that Discord if you have questions. Uh good luck everybody tonight. Hope y'all win some money.
3: Yeah. Uh good luck in those big contests. Let's hope uh we can crush here. Uh, let us know if you do. And uh we need more and we need more NBA All-Star breaks. Yeah. <laughs> good luck
2: tonight everyone. We have another one.
1: That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Right, please, by law. 18 plus. terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com.
0: It's my little escape.
1: Now Judy's the life of the party.
0: Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon.
1: Whoa. Take it easy, Judy.